It is 23 minutes after 4 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Dr. Harlan Kluter, who's a governance expert and also research fellow at the University of the Free State. So the resignation of the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, at the age of 42, has sent shockwaves across the world, with many applauding her for leaving her position in um, for, for leaving her position in her prime, while some feel um, she still has a lot to offer. Arden became a member of parliament in 2008 at the age of 28 as a candidate for the Labour Party. She became the country's prime minister at the age of 37 and steered through natural disasters, COVID-19, as well as that terror attack. To discuss Arden's legacy and the work over the past five years, we are now joined on the line by Dr. Harlan Kluter. Dr. Kluter, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. So from some of the articles that I've read, um, the indication was that at some point before um, Justine, sorry, Jacinda Ardern was elected as Prime Minister, she had no idea that this could be coming. Uh, good afternoon and good afternoon also to the listeners of FM. Yeah, you know, uh, I listened to her uh, announcement of a resignation, of imminent resignation and it was filled with emotion. It almost brought me to tears. And if you, if, you, if you look back at the legacy, there's been certainly been a legacy of innovation, of bringing uh, youthful energy to the office. Uh, she has really projected herself as an energetic uh, politician who was not afraid to try new things. A couple of, I, in, in my training sessions, for example, I use a two-minute two challenge that uh, if you Google on YouTube, you'll see the two-minute challenge that the staff put to her. And so certainly she brought a useful energy to the office of, uh, of New Zealand. So speaking then about that legacy as well, um, here's somebody who started off, um, well, as, as a member of parliament at the age of 28, very, very young, something yeah. that uh, some of us in South Africa could only dream of and some parliaments on the continent. We have had um, also some young MPs as well. But this is something mm. that people are not used to. And now also looking into the response to that resignation as well, people are saying at such a young age, she's still in a prime. I think she still has a lot to offer. You know, I, I suppose that you, I mean, the public speaking sector, uh, sector is, is there for her, that, that is for her. She can go into academia, she can go into business. So I'm not, I don't think that she's lost to the world in terms of her contribution. You know, I believe that you don't necessarily have to have a position within a political party uh, or a title to make a position. And I, and, and I think that is where she comes from. She says, I'm at 42, don't have fuel left in the tank. I've been at this for almost uh, 20 years now. Uh, no, she's 42, 28 uh, almost 14 years that she's at And I think it's admirable of her to say, you know, I don't have fuel left in the tank. Let me rather step away than, than be involved with something that I'm no longer as passionate or driven uh, for. And uh, she says that she has done all that she could have done. And I think she has, she had an, an amazing team as well supporting her. And so, I think it's important for leadership uh, to be honest and to be authentic. And I think that's the point where she got to. I don't think she's been pushed out of the party, although if you look at the Labour Party's popularity within New Zealand, it has been the, the polls have indicated that they're no longer as popular as they were about two years ago. But I think she leaves a rich legacy of innovation and mm. the freshness that she's brought to the office 
uh, of the Prime Minister. Yeah, but she also leaves behind the high inflation rate, issues around um, water infrastructure as well that the opposition party has blamed her for. But yeah. also with recognizing that, how as a leader, how do you get to that level, a cognitive level of saying that? Um, this is what I've done. Um, these are some of the challenges, perhaps, that I couldn't overcome. Um, but with all everything else that I've done, I believe that now is the right time to bow out and deal with the shame, if there is any shame that comes with it, but still make sure that you leave a country still intact. You know, the, the, the last thing is very difficult globally in terms of the economy, you know, so... I don't think that she or the party can be single-handedly blamed, you know, for inflation rates, etc. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a tough economic space that we're entering. I think she consulted probably with her advisors, with her family, and, and people, and saying, you know, perhaps this is the right time now then to bow out. Uh, not quite sure, you know, elections are unpredictable. Maybe the Labour Party would not have won. And, you know, it's, it, I think it's always yeah. good to end your innings on a high, rather rather leave on your own terms than being asked to leave, you know. And so she, I think uh, she has given it much thought with her advisors and with the party, uh, but I don't think it's the, it's the end of her. I think she's got such a lot more to give. She really struck me as an empathetic uh, leader who is, who is not, too, not afraid to tackle the, the uh, complex issues, and she leaves, according to me, a very rich legacy. Is there also conversation perhaps to be had, Dr. Kluter, around when there is an election year and building up to an election year that um, some government officials, whether it is a prime minister, president, or even people who work in the public sector, find themselves under pressure to make sure that certain programs, the deadlines that have been set are met or even come up with new programs with the intention of trying to woo the electorate. And now I'm thinking about what happened here in Gauteng a couple of years ago with the MEC, Faith Mazibugo, demanding where are the combi courts? Mm. You know, five years is a is a very short time in uh, in government. You know, to be able to deliver on programs, if you really want to see long term impact of programs, you really have to look ten to fifteen years. And so, I think governments, um, the democratic system that we have, allows for every five years to seek a fresh mandate. What uh, what this says is, you know, that if a person, a politician, need to be honest with themselves, you know, forty two is young. We still have politicians, if you look at America, Joe Biden is 80. Uh, if you look at uh, our current president, is in his 70s. I think he turned 70 the other day. And so there's a case of point to be made for leaders need to know when to step aside. Leaders need to know when to step back and say, you know what, I've made my contribution. Maybe it's time to step aside and give other younger people who, are, who, who may bring a new uh, fresh energy. If you look at the private sector, for example, they all say the private sector, it's about eight years for a CEO, uh, and, and then that CEO really should be move on to something, to the next challenge. Uh, so, so, yeah, I think leaders need to be honest with themselves. Uh, the last type of honesty, if you just look at the South African example, you'll recall years back the Springbok coach was Harry Fulhun, and he all of a sudden also resigned just like the Prime Minister did. And he said, I didn't like the person that I have become. The person that I look in the mirror, I no longer recognize this person, and we are not in sync anymore.
Uh, leadership, honesty, is a very important quality. A leader needs to know when he has overstayed his or her welcome and to go. Thank you so much for your time. Dr. Harlan Kluter is a governance expert and also research fellow at the University of the Free State. So when do you know now is the right time to go and bow out? 